Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I'm with you on this uh, Martin Luther King holiday, and I um, am here to answer your questions and to uh, pray with you, so you're invited to call in. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and we'd love to hear from you and love to talk with you and answer your questions and to pray with you. And as I said, we're on this Monday afternoon here on Martin Luther King Day as we, as a nation, celebrate his legacy. And uh love to hear from you as you call in with your questions and prayer requests. So all open lines right now. Give me a call. Love to hear from you. Maybe perhaps on you had the day off. Maybe you uh, were uh, in Denver with the Marade or uh, other places that had that. And uh, just love to for you to be able to take the time to call me at 303-690-3000. The call-in number, the text line, another way for you to communicate to me a question or a prayer request is a dedicated text line. It's for texting only. No one will answer that line. You can't leave a voicemail. But that is 720-336-0897. And as we have time, we will go to the text line for you to be able to ask a question or to give a prayer request. So use that uh, as well for um, just the opportunity for you to send in a prayer request. That text line is a 24-7 prayer uh, request line that uh, there will be those that will be praying for you. The staff at Calvary Church in Aurora, where uh, the Grace FM radio network originates from, will be taking those prayer requests and they will be praying for you. And I think it's just a wonderful resource uh, for you to take advantage of and to have uh, when you need prayer and knowing that people are praying for you. We want to pray for you as well on today's show. So let me give you those numbers again. Put them in your contact. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. I want to welcome all of you who are listening live this afternoon. It is the 16th of January, Martin Luther King Day. Um, and uh, those of you listening live on Grace FM along the Front Range, I uh, just want to remind you, I, I know that perhaps most of you know, that we are, uh, for a lot of the listening area of Grace FM, we are in a winter storm morning for tomorrow into Wednesday. So just take the necessary precautions and preparations uh, for the weather coming in, and conditions will be uh, starting tomorrow evening to get pretty bad. Uh, so just uh, make sure that uh, you're aware of that and uh, be watching uh the latest updates on the weather coming in, a lot of moisture coming in. Uh, we want to be praying for those in California. I was talking to uh, someone uh, that goes to our church yesterday. They are visiting their son in Northern uh, California. And a year ago, when they were helping him put up a fence, the, the ground was so hard they could barely dig it into the ground. 
And she was telling me that uh, they were there uh, just last week, and the ground is just like a sponge. There's so much moisture that is there and more coming in, and a lot of a lot of damage and even people that have lost their lives. And uh, we had tornadoes down south. I want to welcome all of you who are listening Radio by Grace this afternoon, a number of tornadoes in uh, Mississippi and Alabama, and perhaps some severe weather coming in. And I don't mean to just give you a weather update, but there was a number of lives that were lost last week in Alabama. And just to remember to keep those who are experiencing this extreme weather um, events that cause damage and their homes to be flooded to be praying for them and those who have lost lives. So Radio by Grace has many stations that are listening uh, live today, and uh, you are, uh, a lot of them are in the area of uh, Mississippi and Alabama and Florida. We're so glad that you guys have joined us and in many more stations across the country. And then those of you listening online, we want to welcome you as well. Uh, you can call in at 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. Love to just talk with you. And anywhere in the country, that number works. And then those of you who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio in Idaho, you are week delayed. So just want to pass that along. Um, and we just want to um, just, again, just express our gratitude and and for you our Calvary Live family. Uh, be sure to tell somebody about Calvary Live to tune in, and uh, we just love to be able to talk with people and encourage them. 303-690-3000, call-in number, got a couple open lines. Give me a call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord, and let's talk about uh, the things that uh, that are on your heart and on your mind as well. So grab one of those open lines. Again, the text line is 720 336 0897. Let's go to Montrose, Colorado, on the western slope to Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? Are you guys getting that snow yet? Uh, not not quite yet, but it's been a cold, gloomy day. <laughs> yeah, it's been cold here, too, so, yeah. So thanks for calling. I think it's the first phone call I've gotten from Montrose. Oh, Really? Uh, yeah. Well, we're not a real big town. Yeah, but it's beautiful out there. Yes, it is. Yeah, so what can we do for you? Um, I wanted to uh, talk about um, a kind of soul sleep. Um, I know that when uh, we talk about our ancestors, that they they fell asleep, that uh, that really means that they died. Um, right. But... Um, I want to understand a little bit um, more clearly about when we die, what what you believe happens. And uh, my daughter mentioned something about soul sleep. That's what she believed in. And mm-hmm. I didn't really get a chance to talk to her about it, and I really didn't want to talk to her about it till I felt more yeah. comfortable with it. Yeah, and you're asking a good question, and I think we can get clarity from the Scriptures, and I'll give you some Scripture that you can share with her. There has been some circles of, of um, you know, groups in Christianity and churches, Seventh-day Adventists and others, that have taught soul sleep. In other words, that when you die, that your soul sleeps until the rapture of the Church. And 
to kind of put it all in perspective and to put it all together, the rapture of the church, of course, is as spoken of in Second Thessalonians chapter four, and Paul's writing to them about. Um, he says, "I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep." That term that that you just said that we use when somebody dies, and he begins to talk about the resurrection. Now, here's the thing about the resurrection that I think that uh, people get confused or they don't always keep in mind. The resurrection is speaking about eternal life, but the resurrection specifically is speaking about when we will get a new heavenly body. Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And he is writing because Thessalonica, the city where he established that church on his second missionary journey, they were very close to Mount Olympus. Uh, the Corinthians were very much influenced by the Greek culture. And when you look at the Greek philosophy in ancient times, they had a very kind of negative, dark uh, perspective about death. As a matter of fact, they've excavated uh, some of the ancient tombstones, and on those tombstones it has no hope. They, they said that hope was only for the living. So there were those who would come into the church oftentimes with those churches being established in uh, Macedonia and Achaia, and they would say there is no resurrection. So Paul was writing to them constantly about, yes, there is a resurrection. First Thessalonians chapter 4, he writes to them about. First Corinthians chapter 15, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. And the reason that Paul writes to them is because he said there are those who say there is no resurrection. So th- that's why we have some clear understanding in the Scriptures about the resurrection. And when Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica, he said, The day's going to come when the Lord will descend with shout with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So that's the event of the rapture of the church. At that event, those who have died uh, before us, before the rapture, they will be resurrected first. It's all going to happen, 1 Corinthians 15, in the twinkling of an eye. And the dead in Christ will rise first. They will have new heavenly bodies. But here's the thing to remember, that Paul makes it very clear when he writes about the resurrection in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And this is the verse that you want to show her um, in anyone who believes in soul sleep that Paul writes, So we are also confident, knowing that while we're at home in a body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And then verse 8, We are confident, yes, well, please, rather, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the Bible teaches us very, very clearly that when we close our eyes and we breathe our last, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, that our spirit goes to be with the Lord. We're in the presence of the Lord. It is at the rapture of the church is when we will have our bodies that will meet our um, our spirit in, in that new resurrected body. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, Paul writes in verse, um, in verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. A mystery, that definition in the New Testament, is not have the meaning of, we we can't figure it out or who done it or whatever it means a truth that is now being revealed we shall not all sleep there's going to be a generation of christians that will be resurrected 
but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of, of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And the reason that Paul was writing about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is he wanted the Christians to understand because Jesus physically rose from the dead, we have the promise that our bodies will be raised from the dead. But here's the thing to remember, is that we immediately go home to be with the Lord when we die. And the Bible's very clear about that. Um, and we see that. Paul, when he wrote in the Philippian, uh, Philippians chapter 1, he said that, I don't know what's going to happen to me. For me to die is to gain. Um, to go home and be with the Lord is what I want, he, he writes. He didn't say he was going to go into soul sleep for 2,000 years. Uh, we know that Jesus said to the thief on the cross that before the sun has set, what? You'll be with me in paradise. So soul sleep is a false doctrine that some have taught. Our body sleep, we know that, because perhaps you've been to a graveside where the body's put into the ground. The body sleeps, but not the soul. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and we can be comforted knowing that those who are in Christ, our loved ones, go immediately to be with Jesus. Okay, so nowhere in the Bible does it it say soul sleep? No, the body sleeps, and that's where people get confused. In 1 Corinthians 15, it's talking about we shall not all sleep or die. The body will sleep, of course, you know, and and I've done many, many gravesides where that body's in the coffin that, you know, or that urn or whatever, and that's put into the ground. But at that time, at the rapture of the church or when the trumpet blows, then the body will be resurrected and joined to our spirit to where we'll have new heavenly bodies. But our spirits go to be with Jesus. And the Bible's pretty clear about that. Okay. Could I ask another question or not? You sure can. You can't because you're the only one that's called today. <laughs> oh. um, so go ahead. Uh, what are we going to be doing, um, okay, in the millennium? Is it going to be uh, a kind of like, a, is it, is it going to be a simpler life, an easier life? You know, not all this technology, but we'll grow, we'll grow our own, I don't know, we'll, you know, will it be a simpler life? You know, well, we're going to ride yeah. on horses. Yeah, uh, we're going to go. Simple. You cut out just a little bit, but I think I understand what you're saying. You know, we are going to come back. I, I believe that what the Bible teaches about the end time scenario is that the church, that we are going to be raptured before that seven-year tribulation period. Of course, at the end of this seven-year tribulation period, Jesus comes back, Jude says, with ten thousands of his saints. Uh, Revelation chapter 19 tells us that he comes with uh, his army from heaven. Uh, That's you and me. We're going to come back with him. And that's the difference between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Jesus Christ, is the rapture of the church, he comes for his church, the second coming that we know takes place at the end of the tribulation period is when he comes with his church, and then he will establish his kingdom for a thousand years. And the Bible talks a lot about, particularly when you go to the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah, 
gives us some ideas about what's taken place in the millennium reign, we do know that there will be an enforced righteousness, that he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. And we also know that righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea, as Isaiah says, that there it's going to be wonderful, it's going to be glorious, that the uh, you know, description that I love is the child's going to be able to play in the street and be safe and be able to play with the snake and not be hurt. The lion and the lamb will lie down. So it's going to be a, a time of peace, of righteousness. And also, and this is so important, uh, Kathleen, the question that you asked, is that we're going to play a role in the millennium reign. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians think that, you know, when they go to heaven, that's it. They'll sit on a cloud, they'll, you know, play a harp, they'll twiddle their thumbs, um, almost like a Hollywood kind of version of what heaven is like. We're going to be in heaven worshiping the Lord, Revelation chapter 5, singing that new song, worshiping him in heaven. Then we're going to come back and we're going to rule and reign with him. And that's what Revelation chapter 5 tells us as we sing that new song, that one who has redeemed us by his blood, and I want to read it to you, um, that uh, out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, that is the church that you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So we're going to reign with him. We're going to be given responsibilities. Uh, Jesus talked, I believe, a lot about that uh, when he uh, would give the parable of the talent and the parable of the minas, that what has been given to us and trusted to us, we are to invest in the kingdom of God, and that's going to have a lot to do with what we are going to do with reigning with him. And Jesus, you recall, to the one who invested, you know, 10 talents or um, five talents or two talents, you're going to rule over 10 cities. You're going to rule over five cities. You're going to rule over two cities. So I don't know exactly what it is that we're going to be doing, but we're going to be reigning. We're going to be given responsibilities all under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Um, And also, Paul writes something interesting in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe. He says, or it's in chapter 11, it's in 1 Corinthians, but he says that we are going to be judging the angels. And I find that interesting. And I don't think it's judgment to condemnation. It's going to be, we're going to be dispatching angels. We're going to be telling them what to do. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be wonderful. But what we do in this life is going to determine what we do in the millennium reign and in the afterlife. Does that help? Yes. Can I ask one more question? Sure. Um, what um, if someone has been um, sick for the whole time that they've uh, they've been saved, um, very sick? Um, I I assume, or I just feel that. There's a reason that God has has made it so that I am unable to do a lot of things. Um, so sometimes I just have to tell myself it's it's okay. It's it's okay. Yeah. Um. And so I just wondered what your thoughts are with. Uh, people who aren't able to um, really go out and uh, 
work hard for the 10 talents um, and that kind of thing. Um, Or able to do a lot volunteering at church. Yeah, and I want to encourage you because, you know, where the Lord has you, you can still, you know, be used of the Lord. He would say, you know, uh, great is your reward is you go and you pray. You know, great is your reward is you give. And the Lord sees you and he's placed you there. And I think there's going to be a lot of surprises when we get to heaven. We think that the one who's going to get the huge rewards is, and, and they are, they're going to be rewarded the Billy Grahams and the great glories and, and, you know, the pastors that have the huge church and all that, they will be rewarded for their faithfulness. But where God has placed you and, and, you know, where he has you, it's no mistake. And he is going to reward you for your faithfulness where you're at. And, you know, and just praying and, and just being able to, to give, um, intercessory prayer. He says, great is your reward. So you don't have to, to feel like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, being punished or gypped or whatever because I I can't get out. I can't serve at church. I I can't serve in practical ways. But you just be faithful. And Jesus said, be faithful in the little things is what he said. And he sees and he knows and he's going to reward you where he has you and what he's doing in your life. And um and I think there's like I said, when it comes to rewards, there's going to be uh, some real surprises when we get to heaven. It's going to be the one who went into their prayer closet and just prayed, just prayed for their family, for the saints in their church. Uh, the one who uh, was able to just give faithfully and and um, and just be able to, um, you know, just encourage in the ways that you can. So, you know, whatever's been given to you and the opportunities to you, just invest that. And, and the Lord sees and he knows and uh, know that your labor is not in vain. Okay? All right. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Fish. Hey, you bet. Thank you for calling. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. we got to open lines. So give me a call. And um, we got another call from the Western Slope of Colorado, Grand Junction, Jason. Hey, Jason. Pastor Jeff, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Uh, I am on my way into Grand Junction. I'm actually in Littleton, but I'm, every time I'm traveling, I'm always listening to Grace FM because uh, um, it just feels like a, a light uh, education and seminary, and so I absolutely love it. Good, thanks for but calling, appreciate I, it. Of course. So um, I've asked, I, I've um, been curious about this, and I think I asked Pastor Ed, I, I texted over before, and I, I guess I missed the opportunity last time, but in this world of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, how do I say, pronouns and uh, transgender and things like that, I am always trying my best to be very kind, loving, and respectful of every person that I meet. Um, and you know, the other day I was over, uh, I was over at, uh, um, at Target getting, um, uh, getting my eyeglasses worked on and there was somebody there and they had a, it was, you know, obviously a, a, a young woman and she had a button on that, you know, said, um, he, him. And it's, it, I just find this, I found this in a few different places where I just, I have a very difficult time 
acknowledging yeah. somebody by, you know, a, a gender that is clearly not what God gave them. But I'm trying to find a, a, a way to, to respect them, but at the same time, honor God in the, the way that they were born and they were designed. So what is your take on that? Well, that's a good question, and I think people have different convictions on that. And and I understand the challenge because, you know, I, I, I think about it. Uh, God, you know, God is the the potter and created us. And Isaiah even speaks about it, you know, that the clay, does the clay say to the potter, you didn't make me this way, you have no understanding? Well, we know that he did, and it is an issue of today that is very challenging. And, you know, how do we... And I think you said it so well. How do we uh, do it in a way that um, we're uh, desiring to minister to them? And uh, when they insist on a pronoun, when we know that they were ones that they were born a male and a female, we know that the Bible is very clear that there's two genders, um, that in the beginning God created them male and female. Jesus said that. Um, And he didn't make a mistake when he made them. But we need to understand too that they're they're just they're not Christians. They don't understand. They don't believe the Word of God. They've adopted just the the world and the philosophy of the world. And so I personally have a hard time using a pronoun, you know, of somebody who's transgender. If somebody was born a male, and they transgendered and say that you know I want to now be she, her, uh, whatever. I have a difficult time. I think the way that I get around it, because um, because there's a conviction there, you don't want to lie to them, um, and God made you a male or God made you a female. So what I have been doing is, what is your name? And if you want to be called by that name, I'll call you that name. Um, and that's kind of how I maneuver around it, um, and just to be able to talk with them and... and um, and it just it's it's a hard thing, and some people may disagree with that. Uh, some Christians have different convictions, but I just I have a hard time myself using a pronoun that I know that they weren't born they weren't born in that gender. Um, but I will ask them, um, and I don't want to be combative. I don't want to be, you know, just all you know judgmental and condemning and all that. I want to give them truth. I want to be a voice of truth for them, but I I will oftentimes, and it's not very often that I get to do this, but uh, I will ask them, "What is your name? You know, what do you want to be called?" and 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 I'll just kind of take it from there and uh, try to minister the best that I can to them. Okay, yeah, I just when I when I come across uh, when I come across these folks, um, you know, I'm always I'm always wanting to be kind and respectful and even if I don't have the opportunity to to minister to them per se if I'm you know if I'm looking at a, a girl that clearly has something that says he him on it um, I have a you know my my natural inclination is to obviously treat a female as I would treat a female which is being very sweet and nice and yet when it comes to a guy treating a guy the way I would treat a guy and I just I, I look at it going I cannot treat yeah. you the way I would treat a man. Um, so yeah. I almost want to go, I almost get to this. I just need to, to get through this interaction and leave as soon as possible because I have no idea what to do with this. 
Yeah, and it's, it and it is hard. But, you know, the, the, I've been really kind of seeking the Lord on it because there's one that's transgender that's been ministering to a family member of mine that's, you know, that just, um, you know, she's, she's needs care um, and it's in the, the health field. And, you know, I just want to be careful, but they have been so good to my family member. And I am, I'm appreciative of it. So I want to be able to minister to them. So, you know, it's kind of like, what is your name? What's your name? And then just kind of go from there and just try to be a light to them. But good question. Hey, Jason, thanks for calling. Drive safe, okay? 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Got all open lines right now. Give me a call. We're going to be right back. Text line 720-336-0897. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. You just heard those numbers, how uh, you can contact me and ask a question or a prayer request. The call-in number, love for you to call. We have all open lines right now, so maybe perhaps you... Uh, have wanted to call in, and sometimes the show uh, gets really, really busy, and we aren't able to take all the calls, or maybe you weren't able to get through. Today would be a great day with it being a holiday. Uh, perhaps that uh, this is your opportunity to be able to call in. So give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to ask your questions give your prayer request. Just got two calls on the Western Slope of Colorado. I think I've been doing Calvary Live for almost eight years. I think that's the first time it's happened. So welcome, Western Colorado, those of you listening online. And uh, Grace FM gets along the front range of Colorado on the eastern side of the mountains. And actually, uh, two radio uh, stations, 101.7 down in southern Colorado, and then 89.7 in northern Colorado, up into Wyoming. And Grace FM actually covers uh, over an area that covers 80% of the population of Colorado. So just a a great, great reach. So it was good to hear from you guys on the Western Slope. So give me a call and um, love to be able to um, talk with you. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line is 720-336-0897. And so give me a text. We're going to go to the phone lines. My name again, Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you. We're going to go to Arkansas to Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys in Arkansas? Oh, we're, we're doing okay, I reckon. It's warmed up today. Well, good. We got a big, we got a big snowstorm coming this way. Well, I hope you keep it all up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What do you got for me? Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate you taking the call. You bet. And uh, if if somebody takes their own life, will they still be able to get into heaven? If they're a Christian, I, I think that sometimes um, and. Unfortunately, I've heard it from some pastors or priests or other that, um, not all of them, but some, a few that have said that if you take your own life, 
then you know you've lost your salvation. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that taking your own life, we know that it's not God's will. It's not his will at, at all. Um, in the book of uh, of um, Ezekiel, I think about how um, the Lord told Ezekiel, you know, know the way of life and the way of death. And the Lord wants us to choose life. We know that. We know that it's not his will for any of us to take our own lives. And, you know, there's people to talk to um, and people to reach out to when you have those tendencies or feel that way. Uh, but when somebody does, if they're a Christian, and I've known Christians in 30 years of ministry, I've known those who were strong believers in the Lord, but the agony they went through, the pain they went through, we don't fully understand it. They took their own lives, and it's not the unforgivable sin. And that's the thing we need to remember. Jesus said all manner of sin is forgiven except for the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes people get confused about what's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the rejection of Jesus when you, you know, through your life and when you come to the end of your life if you have not accepted him. But suicide is not the unforgivable sin. It's not God's will. It's not his will at all. It's very unfortunate. But um, but those who are in Christ, um, that they, um, I believe, will be in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, that's the part that worries me. Uh, I had a, a grandson. He was 13 years old, and he was bullied to the point that he took his own life. Uh, he mm. was going to church, but I don't know that he ever accepted Jesus as his Savior. Uh, I never heard him confess it, but I know he believed. So I, I don't, I mean, man, I tell you yeah. what, that, that, that's just tough for me to to swallow. It is hard, and you know, and just so sorry, you know, for um, the loss that people go through. Um, you know, when when somebody takes their life, but you know, we don't have to take their hope away. And and when they're in Christ, and you know, I I've done memorial services for those. Uh, I did one recently, and I don't know at times. We just don't know, and we have to trust the Lord with it. And I think that's why it's imperative that uh, we take the opportunity to really give the gospel to others. Um, because one of the things, Mike, is uh, with me uh, in my 30 years of ministry, in the last six, seven months, I have done more memorial services for those who lost their life suddenly through a car accident, um, through suicide, um, through a, you know an avalanche um, just recently, um, and just just suddenly and. So we, it just has been really just on my mind the urgency to really give that gospel and give that message of hope because it is the hope that everyone needs. Um, and so I'm sorry for your loss, and um, it's unfortunate, and our young people are really struggling. And the other message that we want to give to them is there are people to talk to. There are people to talk to and reach out and to be sure to do that when you're just feeling overwhelmed in your heart and and to be able to know that God is there as well. Well, I, you know, it's none of us knew his parents, me and my wife. His own brother and sister didn't know that he was being bullied like that. 
until it was too late. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if I'd have known about it, which I don't believe in violence a whole lot, but I'd have still went and jerked a knot in them boys' tails. You know, I might have went to jail over it because they was minors, but, you know, if, yeah. if but the but the thing is, um, and you know the the thing is is, you know we can we can help them and get the help that they need uh, in those situations and stuff. So, but Mike's that's hopefully that's uh, you know that'll give you some uh, reason to be able to talk to others and and be able to encourage others. So I appreciate you calling from. Um, from Arkansas. So good to hear from you guys by radio by Grace. 303-690-3000, the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. Um, and so give me a call. Call-in number, text line 720-336-0897 is the text line. Let me check on the text line. We got open lines, I believe. Uh, somebody was praying for... Uh, let me pull it up here, um, and just for family restoration and, uh, somebody who's just been going through some addiction, Lord, we pray for this one and Lord, I just pray for this restoration, uh, this individual that's going through just some recovery from drug addiction. And I just pray that, um, you would work, you know, this family, you know, the request who put it in. And I pray that you would be one, that you would just uh, bring restoration, forgiveness, restoring, um, whatever you need to do. And Lord, I just pray that you would just um, bless in every way. And you are God who desires to restore families, to free us from addictions, to work just miracles. And I pray that you would do that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line 720-336-0897. And send me a text, prayer request, whatever it might be, and love to pray with you and encourage you. Another prayer request came in um, for somebody that um, was found uh, um, and um, just trying to get it to where they were one that they apparently somebody that was found um, today um, I'm not sure if they were found in uh, in a ditch if that was somebody who lost their life or somebody who was hurt really bad but Lord we just ask that you would just help this one that uh, was found or um, if it was the end of life that you would just uh, be with those involved and and whatever happened that you would work and intervene and bring the people to just be able to minister uh, to those in that situation. 303-690-3000, call in number, text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Jacob in Hudson, Colorado. Hey, Jacob. Hi, Pastor Figs. Um, How I don't are really you? have a question or anything. I just wanted to say thank you. Um, I was uh, raised in a Christian family, and I've always... Uh, I've always been around uh, the Christian lifestyle, uh, and I met my wife in high school. We got married, and she's never been a follower of Christ. Um, But up until recently, um, within the last year or two, she's been reading the Bible. She's gotten really into it, and she listens to Grace FM all the time, and uh, which has brought us to your church in Greeley. Uh, We've been going there for the last couple months, and um, 
I just wanted to reach out and say thank you uh, for your words and uh, thank you for everything that you uh, have brought to us. I think this last couple of months we've been on a different trajectory and it's just brought us nothing but joy. So I just wanted to say thank you. Great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And such a privilege to be able to, to minister to others. And so glad you're coming up from Hudson and the south end of Weld County. And it's it's a blessing. It's a privilege. I love seeing what God's doing and and the Word of God growing people and bringing families together. And so I appreciate the encouragement. We give praise to God. Well, thank you so much. Hey, can I pray for you, Jacob? Of course. Hey, Father, I just thank you for Jacob. I thank you for his encouragement. And, Lord, uh, just uh, growing in the Word, uh, I thank you for um, just what you're doing with him and his wife. And, Lord, keep them safe as they travel up to Greeley. And I thank you they're a part of our congregation. And, Lord, I just just look forward to what you're going to do with them, how you're going to continue to grow them and fill their hearts with joy. And I just pray for your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so hey, much. I'll see you on Jacob. Sunday. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000, the call-in number, the text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Scott in Inglewood. Scott? Yes. Yes. How are you? Hey. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Say, I have an unbelieving friend who is real confused about Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. He read that Mary Magdalene bore children of Jesus Christ. And I told him I'm not familiar with anywhere in the Bible where that is referenced. But I was wondering if there is a reference to Mary Magdalene having children in the Bible. You know, I don't remember any. Um, and, you know, um, definitely didn't have children from Jesus. Um, right. it, it's interesting that the things that are out there that people read— um, and what they believe. And what we know of Mary Magdalene is that she was one that was healed by Jesus. I believe it tells us that at one time she had seven demons in her, and Jesus freed her from those demons. She was one that loved the Lord. She was faithful to the Lord. And what I love about Mary Magdalene is that she was there at the cross when Jesus died, because we know that she was there with the other women that were eyewitnesses of Jesus being taken down from the cross, and Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus prepared the body of Jesus for burial and put him in the tomb. And then Mary Magdalene was the first one at the tomb on that first day of the week. And she comes to the tomb very early, and I love John's account of Mary Magdalene, and then, of course, she discovers the tomb is empty, and she actually was the very first missionary with the good news that the tomb is empty. And um, at first she didn't know exactly what had happened, because here's the thing we got to remember about the resurrection. When Mary Magdalene and the other women came to anoint the body of Jesus, number one, they were wondering, who's going to roll away that heavy stone? And um, because it was a large stone placed in front of the tomb and Mary Magdalene would know that because she was an eyewitness of Jesus being put into the tomb in the stone that would be rolled across the entrance to close it. Um, and then um, they would get there and the stone is moved. The soldiers are gone. They had no idea that the soldiers were there. I don't believe um, because otherwise I don't think they would have come. 
uh, the soldiers there to make sure that that tomb was not messed with, that no one would enter into that tomb. But it's such a, a wonderful story because she's the very first missionary to go out and say that the tomb is empty. And then, of course, she comes back to the tomb and she looks in, she sees two angels, she comes back out, John's Gospel records, and then she sees who she supposes the gardener. And um, and as soon as Jesus spoke uh, her name, Mary, she turned and said, you know, teacher. And, and then Jesus said, don't cling to me, I sent to my father and to your father. Um, and it's such a a wonderful, wonderful story. She was one that was dedicated to the Lord, loved the Lord, was the last one at the cross and the first one at the tomb. But she didn't bear Jesus' children. There's no record of her having children. Uh, do you know what sect uh, proffers that? There, There is a sect, I think, that tries to follow the lineage of Mary Magdalene. Uh, do you mm-hmm. know what that group is? I have no idea what that group is. I don't even know why they would want to do that. Um, I don't either, but my friend is yeah. real confused, and I I answered the question properly, and I appreciate you explaining it. You know, one of the things that you might just kind of encourage your friend in is go to John chapter 20, how Mary was the one that told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and had spoken these things to her that if they want to really learn from Mary Magdalene, if they're really interested in into Mary Magdalene, um, the the way to do that is speak about Jesus, to speak about the empty tomb. And, you know, here's the interesting thing, and I've just given you some things to think about as you minister to your friend, that when she looked into that tomb, and you might want to read John chapter 20, she saw two angels, and, and then she came out, of the tomb and and thought she saw the gardener and said, where is he? If you put him somewhere, then I will go and get him and I will bring him back. And there's two things that I learned from that. Number one is she didn't care about the angels. It wasn't like she said, wow, angels. And I think I'm going to write a book now on I saw angels at the tomb. And sometimes people get on these sidetracks of angels and angels becomes a big deal. And we saw angels. Angels are real, but she didn't care about the angels. She only cared about her Lord. And then the love that she expresses, she says that I will go and get him. I will bring him back. That's a lot for you know, a woman to do, to, to go get a body and bring it back to the tomb and put him back. But she's expressing that devotion and love to him. And then in verse 18, she would be the first one with the message that Jesus is alive. Uh, I've seen him. And that's one of the things that I would really encourage your friends to be focused on the Lord, you know, um, that Mary Magdalene loved the Lord, devoted to him, was the very first missionary to go out and talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And and that's what needs to be their emphasis. Um, I don't understand why they would want to follow the genealogy, um, but maybe they have the reasons. I I don't get it. Uh, But people get on these tangents and our focus is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Thanks, Scott. Thank you yeah. very much. You bet. God bless you. You too. Thanks. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number to text line 720-336-0897. And just 
would love to be able to talk with you the few minutes we got left. I'm going to go to the text line. Sometimes we don't always get to go to the text line, but somebody just texted in um, that uh, their spouse left them and um, a few weeks ago, um, and they have three daughters and asking for a divorce and anxiety level is high. Lord, I just pray for the one, this individual seeking guidance and hope. I just pray that uh, his spouse that has left and uh, the children, that she would um, she would seek you. And Lord, you know the circumstances, you know everything that's going on, but that you would bring um, restoring of this family, this marriage. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you would um, just uh, bring her home to her family. I just pray that you be with... Um, this one that he he has a lot of anxiety right now and just give him just guidance and direction in every way. Um, in Jesus name. Amen. Um, somebody else asking for prayer for guidance in my calling to further the gospel. Lord, I think that's such a good prayer request. And, uh, I just pray that this one who's asking for guidance, uh, that you would, uh, just guide them and direct them in, giving the gospel and presenting the gospel to others and just living the gospel, a light to others in Jesus' name. You know, one of the things that um, that I've been doing on Saturdays here at Calvary Greeley is that I've been doing a ministry class on Saturday mornings. We've done two weeks. we got six weeks left. Uh, if you're in the Greeley area, you're interested. Uh, it's called the Heart of Ministry, and I'm just— uh, encouraging those and have had a great response on it. For those who, who are interested in ministering or trying to um, know more about uh, ministry, serving the Lord, and we're not just talking about full-time ministry. Maybe it's just, uh, I want to minister at church. I want to minister to my family, the heart of ministry. And we're all called to ministry, every single one of us. And one of the things that I was sharing was that when I first became a Christian, I didn't think that God would want to use somebody like me. I thought the ministry was just for the professionals or the full-time pastor or uh, those in full-time ministry. That was it. They did all the ministry. But we do know that we are all called to, to minister. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when you read about those spiritual gifts, that we are given gifts, all of us, that we may edify the body of Christ um, and that we might be used um, in the body of Christ, we all have different gifts, uh, diversity of gifts, uh, differences of ministries is what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So you may have a gift of teaching, but it doesn't mean that uh, that you perhaps may be a senior pastor uh, teaching by a pulpit like me. Maybe you're teaching youth. Maybe you're teaching the discipleship group. Uh, there are women that uh, teach women's study here, teach the children. They have a teaching ministry. They've been given that gift of teaching, and they're wonderful teachers. Um, but there's just different diversities of ministry, uh, differences of gifting. And we all have um, giftings that the Lord desires to give to us so we can function in the body of Christ. So be encouraged in that, because I want to encourage you, um, as we're going to be ending the show here in just a little bit, um, that in this year, 2023, uh, an urgency, if we just prayed for somebody who uh, wants to further the gospel, 
to be that light and to serve others. Matter of fact, in Galatians, we saw that Paul, and we read last Sunday, that we're to serve one another with love. And and there's such opportunities for us to reach out to others. And maybe your ministry right now might be to your kids. Um, maybe you're just raising your kids. Um, maybe your ministry men is your your providing for your family, uh, whatever um, that uh, the Lord is doing in your life, where he has placed you, the giftings to you. You know, everything that we do, we're to do as unto the Lord. And um, I just pray that uh, you would just um, consider that, hey, God, what is this that you want me to do in 2023 to minister and and to know your giftings and to serve others with love? It is so needed in the body of Christ and uh, just want to encourage you um, that God does want to use you. He He wants to use us. And sometimes when I first uh, got into, um, you know, became a Christian, it was, you know, I had a desire to serve, but I thought God couldn't use somebody like me. And I love that verse, and I'm going to give it to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 as you end the chapter there. And it's a great encouragement um, to me is that, the Lord says that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty, and the base things of the world and the things that are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh shall glory in his presence. Listen, he wants to use ordinary people like you and me to be used of him for his glory, to be a light to others, to serve others with love, and with compassion, and to serve others um, in a way that will be a blessing to them. And so I, that, I hope that's an encouragement, again, that the heart of ministry, if you're in the area of Greeley, come by, see us, 1030 to 1130 on Saturdays uh, through February, the next six weeks. Um, and it's just, um, I'm sharing my heart with uh, the class about ministry and what the Lord has shown me and um, and this week is going to be being spirit-led in ministry. Um, there's a real temptation that we can do ministry out of the flesh, and we're to be led by the Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, uh, by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And just to make sure that we're doing it, uh, we're, you know, there's a lot of leading of, and a lot of voices, a lot of information out there, a lot of ministry philosophy, uh, I believe that we can read the scriptures, pray to the Lord, and he leads us and guides us in what ministry that we do. And so um, be used of the Lord. He wants to use you to be a blessing to others. And uh, you may be you know, just praying about, Lord, what are, are my gifts? Uh, you may be praying, Lord, how can I serve? Those of you who are, are just like raising your children in the ways of the Lord, you don't know if you're raising the next Ruth or the next Daniel. Keep doing it. Keep speaking truth into them. Guys, take care of your families. You know, work hard for them, you know, and serve them. Ministry begins at home. So all these things that we're talking about um, as we serve others. Somebody called, didn't want to be on the radio. Their neighbor, uh, Charles, passed away, and the family is grieving and want prayer for the family. Lord, I just pray for this family that just lost someone, um, and I just pray that you would be with them and bring comfort to them. You bring blessing, um, just wisdom. I just pray that um, that Andrew that um, is asking for this request, that he would be used to minister to his neighbor and be able to minister to them. Um, and Lord, 
uh, we just ask that you would just draw them to you and and to know that um, our Lord is the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And it was our Lord that was at that tomb of his friend Lazarus, and he wept. But we have hope because he said that I am the resurrection and the life. And though you may die, you may live with those who believe in me. And I pray that that's a message that we would give to others, a message of hope, that Jesus Christ went to a cross, even as Paul would say right after as I read to you in 1 Corinthians, that he chooses the foolish and weak things of the world. Paul said that when I came to you in Corinth, I came in weakness and much fear and trembling. And I didn't come with the the wisdom of man, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And I came determined not to know anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And may that be our message this year and to others, to those who are hurting. May we just minister your love and grace and a message of hope that Jesus Christ went to a cross and died for our sins, and he rose again. He was put into a grave, and he rose from that grave and he conquers sin and death. And he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And to also, Lord, be just uh, ones that not only believe in the gospel, but we would be living the gospel. Hey, thank you everybody that called. And God bless you. And I'll be back tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Live. And I pray that you're safe. Hey, remember everyone, we got some weather coming in tomorrow, winter storm warning in eastern Colorado. So be sure to prepare for that tomorrow, make preparations, and be safe. And in the meantime, we'll talk to you tomorrow, same time, Calvary Live. God bless. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.